Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Praise. Go ahead and grab a seat. Hallelujah. I'm going to get you out of here quick because I'm pretty hungry today. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. How many hungry for the word? Amen. Come on. Let's eat some word and then we'll eat some food. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, this morning, I want to minister on a subject that is not, uh, uh, not preached on, not ministered in churches today. Amen. Or preachers are preaching it today, amen. Uh, but a subject, amen, that needs to be preached because it's in God's word. Amen. Uh, we, we see and we preach about obedience, amen. We preach about faithfulness. We preach about loving one another, forgiveness, amen. Grace, hallelujah. We, we, we talk about walking in the streets of gold, amen. And, and that God is going to prepare a place for us, amen, in a place called heaven. But we don't talk about, we don't preach about the subject of hell. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to scare the hell out of you. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm here to remind you, listen, of a place called hell. Amen. And that's the title of my message today, A Place called hell. Amen. I'm here to tell you that hell is very real. It's a place that we were all destined for. But then Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Jesus came to save us from our sins, but also came to save us from this place called hell. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10, this is that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. It says that you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from how? Right? Come on, that's where he came to save us from, church. So hell is very real today, and we as Christians, we as followers, we as disciples must warn others about this place called hell. Come on. Not only do we preach on hope, not only do we preach about the love of Christ and how God has turned our lives around, amen, but we have to warn others our family members, our, our friends, our co-workers, the neighbor, the stranger, amen, come on, about a place called hell. Come on, we must not forget, church, there is a hell. Come on. And sometimes even we as Christians forget that. Come on, somebody. Come on, we come in and we're not talking hell no more. It's all heaven, love, and all the things that God wants to do. And he wants to do all that, church, amen. But we cannot forget a place called hell. 
in Ezekiel chapter 33, 7 and 9, it says this. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman. Come on, it was mentioned up here, man, that we are watchmen. Come on, for the, for the kingdom. We're a watchman in the city. We're a watchman for our families. But he says, I'm making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways and they die in their sins, I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you go warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but then you will save yourself. See, Jesus made us a watchman. And then when we hear something being spoken over the pulpit, and when you start to read your word and you see something in God's word where it says you need to go warn the wicked, you need to go warn those in the world, your family members, your friends, amen. And if the wicked die in their sins and you do not warn them, God says, I hold you accountable. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody he's going to get real right now. Come on. But if you go warn them and you do what you're supposed to do and to love people and share the love of Christ, but tell them, you know what? There's a place called hell for those that disobey, but for those that don't serve God, amen. If you go warn them and they still say, you know what? I don't want it. And that person dies and that accountability is lifted from you. Christianity and why you and I are here today is not for just God to change our lives. It's about souls. Come on. What we come here is not just for our life to get together, but now to go reach those whose lives are falling apart. Come on, that's why that's what brought some you here. Somebody reached out to the gospel for you, amen. So just because we get saved, we don't just sit on our blessed behind, amen, and we don't longer talk about hell, amen, and we're talking all about heaven. No, we got to warn those that are out there about a place called hell. We're not here to build a social club. Come on, we're here to win souls. Come on, if you look in the back there, the first thing of our, of our, of our, our statement here, our mission statement is to what? Win. Somebody say win. Win. What? Win. Come on, it doesn't start by building. We have to start by winning. Amen. It's about winning souls. Amen. To the kingdom of God. Then we build through discipleship. Then we serve in the local church. Then we send. Amen. To go reach the world for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Jesus came and died for us because we were born sinners. Come on, we were lost in our sins and we were all, say me, all, say me. Come on, we were all destined for hell. That's the reality, church. We can't forget. Preachers don't want to preach that because they don't want to offend anyone. But as preachers, uh, as disciples, we have an obligation to warn people about a place called hell. Listen, if more preachers would preach this and more disciples would minister this, talking, telling people about hell, there will be a lot less hell going in our streets today. 
Come on, somebody. I mean, there's a lot. There's all kinds of chaos out there. The world is falling apart, amen, because we're not going out there and preaching the gospel to them. Church is about heaven and about hell. Those are the two places that we will end up when all this is over. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 16. 16, 19 to 31. Now, this is, this is Jesus speaking. And I mean, Jesus spoke in parables, right? He spoke in parables to bring out a point. But this is not a parable. This is a story. This is truth. Jesus is speaking truth. Whenever he uses a name to his story, it's truth. If it's a parable, he'll say it was just one man or there was one farmer or whatever it is. That's a story. He's bringing out a point. But when he uses names, he's speaking truth. It says in Luke chapter 16, 19 to 31, I'm reading out the New Century Version. It says this, Jesus says there was a rich man who always dressed in the finest clothes. He lived in luxury every day and then a very poor man by the name of Lazarus. Who was His body was covered with sores, and he would lay at the rich man's gate. And he wanted to eat only the small pieces of food that fell from the rich man's table. And the dogs would come and lick his sores. Later, Lazarus died, and the angels carried him to the, to the, uh, to the arms of Abraham. And the rich man died too, and he was buried in a place of the dead, where he was in much pain. The rich man saw Abraham far away with Lazarus on his side, and he called out to Father Abraham, Have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm suffering in this fire. But Abraham said, Child, remember when you were alive and you had the good things in life, but bad things happened to Lazarus. Now he is comforted here, and now you are suffering. Besides, there is a big pit between you and us, so no one can cross over to you, and no one can leave there to come here. The rich man said, Then, Father, then please send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers, and Lazarus can warn them that they don't want to come to this place of pain. But Abraham said, They have the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets. Let them learn from them. And the rich man said, no, Father Abraham, if someone goes from the dead, they will believe and change their hearts and live. But Abraham said to him, if they, uh, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't listen to someone who comes back from the dead. Come on. Jesus here, you got to understand, Jesus spoke twice as much on the subject of hell that he did about heaven. Come on. And I believe that if he spoke twice as much, we need to talk about it more. Can somebody say amen? Why? Because it's our responsibility. Somebody say my responsibility. Come on, it's our responsibility to tell people and tell others. Uh, come on, uh, listen, what happens to a church that doesn't preach about hell? Come on, come on, you got to understand church, it will bring, uh, number one, it will bring a void. Come on, it will bring a lack of. And not reaching the lost, amen. We will not be concerned, amen. So we won't hit the streets, amen. We won't share our testimony. Let me let me let you in on a little something. That's what the devil wants. He don't want you to tell anybody about hell. He don't want you to tell anybody about Christ, amen. 
Come on, we're not here to take other people from other churches, amen. We're not here to evangelize the other Christians that are already saved, amen. We're here to reach those that don't know Jesus, amen. We're here to reach those that are lost, amen, and those that are backslidden, amen. It's our job to go into the world, church, and preach the gospel. And part of the gospel is telling them about a place called hell. Keith Green said this in a quote. This generation of believers is responsible for this generation of sinners. The big question is, listen, do you care? Do you care? Do you care that your loved ones make it into heaven? Do you care of your co-workers who you spend eight hours with make it in? Do you care if this community makes it in? Do you care about those that you go to school with? Amen. The question is, church, do you care? The message only counts and only matters if you care. It's all about the Great Commission. It's part of the win part, church. Come on, something that we didn't create. Praise Chapel didn't create this. This has been God's word all along is to go into all the world. Come on, look what it says in Matthew or Mark chapter 16, 15 to 16. Come on. And he, and then he told them, go. Somebody say go. Somebody say go. It says go into all the world. All the world. All the world. Not just to your homies. Not just to the people you like. Not just the people of your color. Come on, somebody. Come on. Not just the people that dress like you and look like you. But he says to go into all the world and preach the good news to what? Everyone. Everyone, church. Come on. And then he goes on and says, Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Church, save from what? Save from what? No, save from what? No, I didn't say say. I said save from what? How? Come on, somebody. And condemn from where? Hell, church. Say for you kept repeating me. <laughs> Say for what? Say for what? <laughs> I, I guess I'm not speaking clear. Saved from what? <laughs> Thank you. No wonder people are going to hell. Amen. <laughs> we don't even know what we're talking about. Come on, saved from a place called hell. And those who refuse will be condemned in hell, church. Come on. But the Great Commission today has been put aside. No longer is it a priority in a lot of churches today. It's focused on entertainment, programs, fluff. Rather than salvation. Come on. If we so vow. Listen. What God can do for us. 
instead of what God can do through us. We are living in desperate times, church. And the body of Christ and the church is not living that way. Aren't you concerned about your family going to hell? Aren't you concerned of our children going to hell? See, we don't mention it. We don't talk about that to them. All we do is get on them. And the thing is, why are you on them? Tell them, I don't want you to go to hell. Come on, this is a place. Come on, a son, daughter, uncle, and a brother, sister, co-worker, friend, neighbor, stranger. I don't want you to go to hell. We should be desperate in our spirit because people are going there. Let's look at the Bible who... There's people who, who really actually believed in hell. Come on, there's a few that we can read about. And of course, we know that Jesus believed in hell because he preached about it. He went there and took back the keys to hell, death, and the grave, church. Come on. Come on, that's what brought victory to us, amen. That death no longer has any sting on us, amen. Death, where is your sting? Come on, we got salvation, hallelujah. Come on, we got resurrection power. So he went to hell to take back that for us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, 43 to 44, it says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Somebody say, cut it off. It's better that you lose part of your body than to live forever with two hands and go to a place called hell come on where fire listen where fire never goes out in hell the worms do not die and the fire is never put out come on i remember back in the day man when we were when i was lost in body i'm gonna go hell we thought we we're gonna have a party in hell it's like it's gonna be a big old party i mean all you're gonna do is drink all the time and all no 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 hell's fire it's a fire that never goes out where's worms that are all over your body. Come on, this is Jesus speaking. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, God gave him a great revelation, and he believed in hell and said these words in 2 Thessalonians 1.8. In the flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, Paul's talking about two groups of people here. He's talking about those that don't know God and made no point to know him, and those who know God but disobeyed him. Paul's also talking to the church. Come on, this is he's talking to the church here as well. You can come to church. Come on, you, you can come here, but you can still live a life of disobedience and then cover up with grace. Don't judge me. Oh, I'm not judging you, brother, but God is. <laughs> come on. There are people who think they can come to church, even volunteer in the church, and that thinks that that buys them a ticket to heaven. Come on, but they still live a life of disobedience. And this is what Paul's talking about here. Come on, the following verse says this in 2 Thessalonians 1.9. He says, they will be punished with an everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Imagine that, getting shut out from God completely and fully, that you can never get saved 
once you're in hell. Do you understand that? Matthew chapter 7, 21 to 23 says, not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who will do the Father's will in heaven. Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles? And he said, I'll plainly tell them, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Can I let you in on something? Even if you gave your seed offering, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Oh man, I'm going to plant a seed for 24. I'm getting in. <laughs> it's my ticket right here. Now, we give because we trust God and we believe God. That's, but giving that doesn't get you in, church. I hope that doesn't discourage you not to plant a seed. But that doesn't get you in. Now, John believed in hell. John, who wrote mostly on the subject of love, the one that was closest to Jesus, in Revelations chapter 14, 10 to 11, John is speaking here, and they said, they too will drink the, the, the wine from the God's flurry, which has been poured in full strength into the cup of his wrath. And they will be tormented, with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest of day or night to those who worship the beast or its image or anyone who receives the mark of his name. In Revelation 20, 15, it says, And anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, to a place called hell church hell's real church if you're here today and you're trying to figure out life i'm here to let you know the devil's confusing you because all he's doing is winning more souls into his kingdom where he's going to last forever see at the end of all this it says every knee will bow every tongue will confess do you know that includes satan himself that he's going to confess that he is Lord. Amen. And he will be cast in the lake of fire. Come on. So when we think, well, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm No, the devil's confusing you. And I'm here to let you know and warn you there is a place called hell for those who disobey, for those who don't accept Jesus Christ. You can't just say, well, I'm going to work on a few things. No one's promised tomorrow, church. The devil's trying to trick your mind, fool you. I'm not here to sell you anything, church. I'm here to present a gospel and a loving God that sent a son to die for your sins and to save you from a place called hell. Amen. He wants you with him. He says, you know what? What, what stops him from coming, what stops him from returning is that he doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But a day will come when that trumpet will blow and he'll pick up his church. Church, we need to get ready. This is serious stuff. There's a place that we're destined for if we don't obey God. And that's destined for the, the world and also the church. Come on, you can't just think you're in. You better be living right. You better not be disobedient to God. You better be repenting. God's still a merciful God, but come on, we can't use his grace to back up our mistakes no more. Come on, this there when we fall short and we need his grace. Hallelujah. 
But now when you know that you're doing it, say, oh, I can go back Sunday and he'll forgive me. Church, you're going to fall short. You don't want to be caught in, in the between part of Sunday from that whatever day you did it. Because you may not make it here Sunday. Church, we've got to live right. There's a place called hell. I mean, I've been pastoring now going on 23 years now. And I've come to realize that I, I can get people mad by just reading his word. <laughs> you, ever, you, ever, you ever offend somebody by just reading the word of God? And they're like, man, I'm offended. I mean, I, I, I can read the word of God and I can offend people, but it's the truth. I'm not here. I'm rather, I'd rather tell you the truth and comfort you with a lie, church. Come on, somebody. Come on, we have pastors today that feel it's right to water down the gospel a bit because they don't want to offend anyone that comes in. They want to see their churches filled, amen. But I, you know what? I will offend you and I make no apologies. I'm here to preach the gospel. Why? Because I care about you. I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to be saved from this place called hell, somebody. Come on. If it offends you, it offends you, but I make no apologies. I'm here to let you know that Jesus loves you. Come on, that is no offense. That's a warning. God, thank you for the warning. Thank you for telling me about this place called hell. No one told me about hell. All they told me about salvation. I didn't, I didn't know I was going there. I didn't know that was my destined place apart from you. Man, there's so many things out there. If you don't read your word, you'll get confused out there, church. You'll get confused. There's so many, so many things presenting their faith and their, their so-called gospel, amen. And if you don't, it's not aligned to the word of God, then it's not right. It's not, it's from man. The Bible says, do not change his word. You cannot alter it. You cannot add to it. You cannot take away from it. This is the word, church. This is all we need is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All we need is the Holy Word. Raise up your Bibles. You have Bibles out there. Your Bible is still working. Yes, hallelujah. Bibles, hallelujah. Slap the devil with that Bible. Don't slap your neighbor, hallelujah. They're not the devil, amen. I know they can be devils sometimes, amen, but no, they're not devils. The Word of God, church, is our weapon. Read the Word of God. Yes, it's going to offend you. I got to forgive everybody. Yes, nobody wants to read that. Forgive others. Uh, pass it. God forgave me. Read the word, church. God does it for us because he loves you. And I'm going to read the word because I love you guys. Come on, somebody. I have to stand before God. Do you know that? I got to stand before him and I have to give an account I have to answer to him. That means I have to live what I preach. I have to set the example. I have to, if in order for me to say, follow me as I follow Christ, I better be following Christ. Come on, I, I, I'm accountable. So everything that comes from my, my mouth over this pulpit, I'm accountable. Am I perfect? No. But I'm the first to confess or get corrected. Church, we, we, we. We got to understand of this place called hell. Fathers, husbands, mothers, wives, believers. 
If you quit God, what's going to happen to your family? Come on, if you quit as a leader, teacher, a minister, lives are going to get affected. It hurts. It destroys life because people are looking at me, looking at you. Come on, if we're out there professing Christ, amen, we're out there teaching and preaching Christ to our uh, those out there, our family members, and yet we're not living what we're preaching, we're deceiving. Church, we've got to line it up. God, help me to be a better example. Father, help me to allow. And the only way you can do that is read God's word. But it offends me, Pastor. We'll keep reading it. Get offended. It's all right. People are going to offend you anyway. Let the truth offend you. I'm not here to water down any gospel for you guys. I'm not here to pass around Kool-Aid. <laughs> Drink this and you'll be, you know, I won't even go there. Amen. What I'm trying to say, that I'm going to read the Bible to you. I'm going to let God's word deal with you. And I'm going to deal, come on, God's going to deal with our emotion. God is going to deal with our character. That's why we come to church. Come on, that we can hear the perspective of God through the revelation of, a, of whoever God places I mean, let God places people to give the word of God, amen, to you. Because at home, guess what? You're going to just rationalize with yourself. Does that sound good? No, I don't want to do that. Nah, nah, that's not what he means right here. It's the truth. You'll, you'll get your own revelation lining up to what you're feeling. Your emotions will lead you, but they also mislead you. You got to let the spirit of God lead you. God, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong for I can get right. Come on. And the Holy Spirit is such a great friend, such a, such a great counselor. Amen. He'll tell you, boy, you did wrong. And they're like, oh, I did. I, I messed up. Man. Every time me and my wife have a little scrabble, whatever, amen, a little, little, mm, little kick there and there, amen, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm driving to work all mad, amen. And, and she says, call her up. And tell her you're sorry. And I said, tell her to call me. <laughs> he never says okay. He says, boy, there she is right there. She knows. I'll call her. I'll, I'll text her. I'll say, you know what, babe? My bad. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. My bad. God told me to do it. I got to do it. My bad. And right away I started to pray, God, help me to be a better husband. God, I need to be more sensitive. Let me tell you the five things I pray for. For my husband, I'm going to help you out, husbands, all right? Wives, tell, tell your husband, listen up. <laughs> listen up. <laughs> five things. Men that are married now and men that want to be married later. Pray this. I always pray, God, make me be considerate to my wife. God, let me be more sensitive to my wife. God, I need more understanding for my wife. Not for women, for my wife. For your wife. Well, I want to be sensitive to all women. No, no, your wife. It'll help you with the other ones. Have me have more compassion and more love.
And then I add, give me more wisdom. Edgar walked away. (laughs) Edgar walked away. (laughs) He said, he said, five things. He went like this. (laughs) I got to go patrol the parking lot right now. Pray. The Bible says, consider your wife or your prayers won't be answered. Right there, you, you... he made you the head, church. Man, take your position and cover your wife. They're not supposed to be covering you. You're supposed to be covering them, protecting them. Let me tell you, a man that prays for his wife, that wife will follow that man. I got to repeat it to you again. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Listen, church, if guys in the Bible were concerned about hell and wrote about it, don't you think that we need to be concerned too? We can't, we can't be a people that don't talk about hell. Come on, there are two places where people end up after this life is over, and it's heaven or it's hell. Come on. We can't, just can't talk about heaven and not even mention hell, church. Because that's where people are going who don't accept Jesus. Come on. Now, the God's a God of grace. is mercy. You don't know where it ends, where it is. And I'm praying for family members that are not right in their mindset. God, have mercy upon them. They don't know what they're thinking. God, Father, let them just say the very words that they just confess. That's all that's needed. So even if we pray or minister to them, if they can hold on to those very words, even in their deathbed, God will have mercy upon them. But church, Matthew chapter 7, 13 to 14 says this, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and the brawn is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. The Message Bible puts it like this. Do not look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life is to God is healthy, strong, and done with great force, energy that requires total attention. Jesus here is giving us a picture, amen, on the highway to hell, amen, that the road is wide on that, and it it leads to destruction, and Jesus says many, many are on that road. And then Jesus talks about the road of life, and it says it's not an easy one. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, this road that we walk on is very small. It's very narrow, amen. It is hard. It is challenging, but only a few people find it. Come on, when we get saved, amen, we got we to gotta just watch our steps, amen. We, we can't just do what we want to do. We, we can't just go where we want to go. We, we can't just think what we want to think, amen. We can't just watch what we want to watch, amen. The road, amen, is very narrow, amen. But the, the other road is wide. You can do whatever you want on that road. But it leads to destruction. You got to 
choose this road. I, I don't know if you've ever seen a road that winds around a mountain that's very thin. People are crazy going on that road. That's us, church, in life. We, we got to walk and cling and take every step. Like, God, I, I depend on you. Come on. We got to watch the things that we do, church. It's very careful. It needs careful attention. We can't get distracted by the things of the world or with our emotions. Holy Spirit, I need you. Listen, on that narrow road, you can stop. And not take a next step to say, okay, God, I need some direction. God, I, I need some help on this next step, God. I don't want to go to that other road. Help me to stay on the, the narrow road. Notice the two words that Jesus uses here in this scripture. It says, many and few. Many are going to hell. Listen, church, and few are making it in. People are going to hell, and that has to concern us, church. We're telling, come on, those out there about the gospel, but are we telling those out there about hell? Whether it's people in this neighborhood, on the job, at the market, the school. Because if you're not, that's where you're telling them to go. We've got to tell people, about a place called hell. I wonder how many people have died since we've been in church. Died on that broad highway, that wide world to hell. People die every day, church. Death comes unexpected, unannounced. One moment you're here, and the next you're not. So do you care? Do you care for those that are dying, church? Those that are lost? Let me close with this. And this is just a parable, church. It's not real what I'm talking about right now. How would you feel that when you're on your way to judgment day, because we're all going to stand before the Lord, right? Saved and the unsaved. But as you're going there before the Lord, you had to walk down an aisle of people who told you as you were walking, how come you didn't tell me? Come on, as you're going for judgment, as you're going before the Lord and you're walking there and all these faces, how come you didn't tell me? come you didn't tell me? How come you didn't tell me when we were having that conversation? How come you didn't tell me of this place where I'm going to? How come you didn't tell me? Church, God saved us. Someone say, hey, man. Listen, we were all on that road. I don't know about you, but I was running crazy on that wide road doing whatever I wanted to do, doing what I didn't care. It was about just me, me, me. But God saved us to tell people about the road of life, the narrow road, not the party road, the road to life. That party road is death. 
It's our responsibility, church, to tell them about a place called hell. The question is, do you care? Because it only matters if you do. I don't want my grandsons going to hell. I don't. You know, especially our, the, the generation, whatever letter they are right now. <laughs> ZYX, TP, I don't know. I mean, she's still part of that generation right now? Or is this a different generation? That's Alpha? D? Alpha? Well, Alpha's lost because there's no, come on, there's no Omega, there's no, there's just an Alpha, there's just a beginning. <laughs> they don't talk about no end. <laughs> That's where the devil has them blind. I'm telling the truth. Our generation's lost, man. And we, we have the answer for them. But when we come at them, we got to come at them with love. We're not here to crash their party. We're not here to make life boring. We're here to save them from a place called hell. That, that's my concern. But yet I know that we, we love our children, but we do it in a wrong way. And so what we're doing is pushing them to hell instead of taking them out of hell. We as parents have to do a better job on the Holy Spirit, educating our minds what to say to our children. They're lost and they need Jesus. But what they really need is an encounter. God, I pray for an encounter for my grandchildren. I lift up Jaden, Max, Lene, Enzo, all of them to have an encounter with God. See, he only has an encounter because of he was grown up in the church. He needs a personal encounter that would change his life. And I'm praying to my God, who hears my prayers, that he's going to say, my grandson, my grandsons, my granddaughter. And he's going to have that encounter. Because there's enough seed in him to know the truth. Church, we got to do things better and do it with love. Man, we're in the street corners preaching with just anger. And say, man, I'm here. <laughs> You're going to hell! Beep, beep! Instead of saying, man, I'm here to save you from a place called hell. The Bible says, whoever doesn't accept Jesus, that's the place of destination. I'm here to preach love and truth that he wants to save you from hell. I don't want to send people to hell. We can't send nobody to hell. They send themselves. Do you know that God don't even send them to hell? They make their own decision and say, I don't accept you. I don't want you. So you, they send themselves to hell. God's saying, I want to save you. So God don't even send people to hell. They send themselves through the disobedience of not accepting Jesus Christ. And if we accept it, that's what we got to tell them. All you got to do is accept them. Them come in your life and heart. He's not a, come on, he's not a, not here to break your party. He's here to, he's in here to enhance your party. Let me tell you, I have a Holy Ghost party. Hallelujah. I'm on a natural high, man, that you can't get me down. This, this stuff, they, you can't find this in the streets. 
Not through what, what he gives me. And even when I'm low, he picks me up. He knows how to pick me up. But you got to have a relationship with him. you got to know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The three are one. Come on. Each one has their own position. What you got to do? Let me, the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a friend. I'm going to send you a teacher. I'm going to send you someone that's going to hang out with you all the time. That's the Holy Spirit, church. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're missing on something that's powerful for us. Jesus did his part on the cross, but he sent the Holy Spirit to help us now, living now, church. So call on the Holy Spirit. Let him empower you, and he'll help you and direct you. And let's reach this generation, Alpha, whatever, B, C, X. All of them. Because they're lost. If there's an Alpha man, all they're looking is for a beginning. But they don't know their end. We can tell them what their destination is. And how, and how you can make it either to heaven or to hell. Amen. Let's all stand up.